0: Welcome, everybody, to Beat the Shift Baseball. This is episode 129 for Tuesday, May 3rd. I'm Alex Zui, here today with Farbone Markazi. One month into the season already. That means we have our Players of the Month for April to go through. And Arod is still doing A-Rod things. And this time, sharing what he'd do as commissioner for a day, I think we can do better than him. And as much as we love to talk trash about our New York and LA teams here, we... I uh, have to admit they're they're off to pretty good starts uh, across the board for I know you must be pretty happy with your your LA adjacent team.
1: LA adjacent, you know it, man. Uh, just just think about it like this. I I know the Angels have had Aprils in the past that they started off hot and dissipated throughout the rest of the year. I know they've started off thirteen and three, and however however great they've started off in the past. In the past like five years, they've had great Aprils sometimes, but. Fifteen and nine, first place in the AL West right now. Um, one month in, Rendon is still get, get regaining his strength after that hip surgery. Otani's not the same Otani, and he's still um, getting back to where he was offensively. Adele is a liability on defense and sometimes at the plate, and so th- those guys are are still are kind of holding us back. But we got Trout being Trout. <laughs> Uh, T- Taylor Ward being Mike Trout, uh, <laughs> Patrick Sandoval not giving up an earned run until May. This is it's all looking pretty good. I'm pretty excited. That, I mean, there's a stat, and I know I jumped onto this topic pretty quickly and very excited about it. There's a stat that I saw watching the Sunday night Sunday baseball games on Fox. Uh, said entering Sunday, that was the first time in Major League Baseball history that both. New York and Los Angeles teams, so the Mets and the Yankees, and the Angels and the Dodgers, each led their division at the same time.
0: Yeah, i, I can think I can think of two of those four teams in particular, which which may take most of that blame for uh for that little nugget of history, but that's that's cool. Th- those are the teams that we love to talk trash about, and of, of course, I'm a Yankees fan. You're an Angels fan. We got a Dodgers fan. We we talk a lot about these teams and. I, kind of how concerned we are about them ex- except maybe the Dodgers and uh and here we are we have nothing to complain about I, g- I guess instead we can just speculate right and just like who out of these teams is is most likely to remain like leading their I know, division
1: <laughs> I, I know I wrote that question um and I'm kind of regretting it because obviously if we're going to choose one of those four teams it's going to be the Dodgers right it we, we just checked well, okay. The well,
0: let's 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 play it backwards. Like, who, who's, who's the most likely to fall off of, of all of these teams?
1: Man, I don't want to hate my team. Uh, we were checking stats, and I think the acquisitions Perry Minazian made in the offseason definitely took like have been working out great so far. Um, Lorenzen's been a great starting pitcher. Uh, Syndergaard has been fine, been pretty good. Um, and we have like some of the offensive guys have been pretty solid too. The Mets went out and they spent a lot. I think it's one of those two teams. I, it's hard for me to hate on the angels, but I, we checked the stat before start, we started recording and I had assumed the angels starting pitching ERA and performance was a lot higher than it was. I mean, 13th in their 13th in major league baseball, which isn't bad, but the Mariners are a couple spots higher, so the Mariners are there. They if they catch fire, they could be um, easily in that hunt, and they are in the hunt um, of taking off, taking the West away from the Angels. The Astros are going to be the Astros, uh, but then when you look at the Mets, I'm gonna. It's kind of a cop out answer. I'm saying both, but when you look at the Mets, you have all of a sudden. The Braves, the Phillies—that you have teams that are going to compete for your spot. But if Degrom comes back, I mean, I don't know how you're going to beat that Degrom Scherzer dynamic duo at the top, and they've been hitting really well too. And then I'm going to get into your favorite team, the Yankees. I think we've seen them get hot before, and then who knows? At the end of May, we could be talking about them going on ten-game losing streaks. Dude, you
0: you don't know the half of it, okay? Like this yeah. is this is Yankees fandom. Uh, as early as a month ago, like leading into the season, it's all it's doom and gloom. We got anti vaxxers we got old men with injury history, and we're like, oh my god, what are we doing? We got a sucker boon season. Yeah, exactly. But and it is a streaky team. It's probably not going to be this good the entire season. And you know it's kind of weird that you're talking about like division contenders. Like the Yankees are in the best division in baseball. So they they are gonna have to deal with uh, surging uh, Blue Jays and Rays teams. Maybe the Red Sox too uh, at at some point. But uh, yeah, I, I might I might be a little worried about about my Yankees still. Uh, some but,
1: divisions are pretty stacked if you if you think about it. I mean, obviously we I know the Dodgers dude, it's are the, probably. Dude, it's the
0: it's the AL East, man. Like I, I yeah, I'm sorry. No,
1: <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. I get it. The AL East is definitely completely stacked and they have the track record of being stacked but i mean they all west i don't think is i mean they NL know west isn't very stacked the centrals aren't too stacked i guess they all west if the angels keep it up the mariners keep it going and the astros pick it up all of a sudden that that's gonna be a good division i'm not gonna say it's gonna be as good as the east but that's gonna be a good this is gonna be a pretty fun race to watch as as we see um, as we head into the later months,
0: I, I don't know. We'll see. Let, let us know what what you think about these uh, these big market teams, uh, our favorite teams, even. But uh, I'm excited,
1: can... man. It's it's been a fun. It's been a lot of fun baseball to watch. And I mean, I, the Angels are over 500, and they finally broke the trend of getting to 500 and then losing the next game. So I'm pretty happy with how how things have been looking so far. I'm really happy to have Mike Trout back too. I think all baseball fans are.
0: Yeah, anyway, do that at beat the shift BP, Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram. I uh, you know, okay. Uh, sorry, sorry. sorry. Hey, no, it's you, fine. You got... It's fine. It's it's not it's you... just it's just a plug. It's not that important. My my feelings aren't hurt. It's okay.
1: How about you plug this after every segment now?
0: I'll, I'll just plug it after every time that I get uh, interrupted uh, mid mid Wait, what uh, talking mean? point. No. All right, so at beat the shift. No, okay. Um <laughs> let's let's keep it rolling players of the month for april kind of on that same note um the, i mean these are the players who were off to the hottest starts and i don't think there were any upsets at least that come to mind right away uh in in, in recapping these but I'll, I'll just run through all these names and we, we don't have to, to harp on every single player like we know they were awesome um it, it's kind of just about what's the future gonna look like for them so in the american league uh for the major awards the player of the month the pitcher of the month and the rookie of the month we had jose ramirez who is the player of the month he just absolutely tore it up 341 uh 421 707 slash line that's a 707 slugging percentage by the way and a cool seven homers 28 rbi uh to go along with that and then for the Pitcher of the month in the AL, Logan Gilbert, uh, 0.64 ERA, 0.93 whip, 27 strikeouts and 28 innings pitched, uh, nothing wrong there, that that checks out, and then AL Rookie of the Month, it, maybe it's uh, it's been a little while since we, we talked about him, but Stephen Kwan, who came out of the gates as hot as maybe any rookie ever to, to start their career. Um, he
1: didn't have a swing and miss for like five games, I think. I, I don't even
0: know. The no, stats. it was it was long, like, yeah, he didn't have a swing and miss for like the first week of the season, didn't strike out like at all throughout spring training and didn't have his first strikeout in the big leagues until, you know, like after a week into the season. The, the hype was real uh, with, with Stephen Kwan and then quieted down a little bit. But the the final first month numbers still look pretty good. 340 batting average, 439, 472 to round out the slash line uh no homers though six extra base hits to go along with that he just got on base all the time um even after cooling down a little bit so uh that's the al side of things there and then on the nl side nolan arenado taken home the player of the month uh 368 batting average 435 uh on base 697 slug six homers and played tremendous defense to go along with that as well. Oh, yeah. Almost almost two war in, in a month, which is a lot, if you don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he he
1: well, almost did the same thing.
0: He, he might have, yeah. And uh, a lot of similarities there that we can we can talk about more, but uh, I'll just finish out the, the rest of the players. Uh, pitcher of the month in the NL, Pablo Lopez, uh, for the really strong Marlins starting rotation, uh, led the way with a .39 ERA. Yep, that's right. And a .73 whip, uh, 23 strikeouts to go along with that. Again, no complaints there about who's taken home that award. And uh, in the NL, the rookie of the month was none other than Seiya Suzuki, which is also no surprise. 278, 398, 528 is the slash line. Four homers. He just looks good. He looks at home here in the big leagues. And he was one of the biggest question marks come into the season. So a good, a good variety of names here, uh, with, you know, guys who are proven guys who are kind of maybe showing, uh, the next gear, the next, the next step up here. Um, if you had to rank, you know, among these players, like who, who you think is the most likely to be back on, you know, on this list for any of the, the future months, who are you taking just just pick one guy who you you think really looks like they're here to stay
1: pick one guy I I guess if I'm picking one guy it's gonna be Jose Ramirez uh without a doubt I mean all with all due respect to Gilbert and Lopez and have what they've done on on the mound I pitching wise it typically swings back it I, I understand that they've had incredible months i don't think pablo lopez is going to hold it below one era or logan gilbert are going to hold it below one era for the rest of the season uh no i, no I but
0: i i mean like they they look like they are coming out of the gates of oh, so absolutely yeah. they're they're
1: they're both coming out and they they look incredible they look if if they can keep it going i think we if they did this another month then you can be like oh yeah they're 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 There they are. They're kind of relatively unknown uh, in terms of consistency production uh, throughout a whole season. Now, Jose Ramirez, we can't say the same thing for. I know he had a down year, not last year, a couple years ago, but every other year he's been. He can just flat out. He flat out rakes, man. He hits for power, hits for um, hits like hits for average. He drives in runs. He can play good defense. He also got paid in April, so maybe that that inspired him a little bit. But he got that one hundred twenty four million dollar contract extension in April, uh, so he's not playing like he's playing for his job. He's he has his home. He's comfortable. I think he's he's going to be most likely to c- continue what he's doing. Arenado, I think his entire his average and on base might come down a little bit, but he's always going to play that good defense. He's always going to slug. Arenado is going to be a great player, too, and I'm thankful for his production, and my fantasy thing, my fantasy team thanks him as well.
0: Yeah, Arenado kind of kind of proven some, some people wrong, especially on the fantasy end of that. He, he's not, like last year, looked pretty good away from Colorado, but did not put up Nolan Arenado-type numbers. Uh, this looks a little bit better, also a little bit suspect with like a 400 BABIP uh, to this point, so... <laughs> Uh, I'm hey. with you there. I, I don't know if Nolan Arenado is gonna gonna keep uh keep on doing what he's doing, in all honesty. I'm rooting I'm still, for it. I'm rooting for I'm skeptical. I'm mightily skeptical of him, probably more so than any of the other uh names in this list. If I'm and taking, then I sorry. I, I was just gonna say I, I mean, oh, follow us at, at Beat the Shift BP by the way, for <laughs> another for another one there. Um yeah, say Suzuki in the NL just might win rookie of the month every single month you know, like he just looks yeah. totally comfortable with major league pitching, which is the big thing that you're looking at. Like, yeah, you know, he's going to have that power, but he's taking pitches, like he, he's getting on base at a 398 clip to, to start off. And it's not done on the back of some, you know, ridiculous batted ball luck. It's just, he is comfortable and he hits for a, a lot of power. So, uh, I, I think he could, have even better months than this one that he had. It would not surprise me at all.
1: My other fantasy team thanks him for his contribution.
0: <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm I'm very so. excited. I
1: didn't get into Stephen Kwan or say, I mean, to be completely frank, I didn't know much about Stephen Kwan before he burst out into the scene. Nobody did miss for a week. Exactly. And then say I, I did draft him in fantasy, but it was. I said it right here on this podcast. Sometimes, like no matter how good um, international players are, you don't know until you know. And now I think we've gotten a pretty good glimpse that we know. Obviously, we got to see it for a little bit longer to see if he's a streaky guy or if he's just like you said, just looks comfortable and is comfortable and is ready to go. I I'm very this this was a great month of baseball. It also, Ui, um, I'm going to go off on a tangent here if you let me. Ooh. Uh, it also commemorates one of the greatest moments in Major League history. Ten years ago in April, now that we finished April, I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> Ten years ago in April, uh, Mike Trout was called up and Bobby Abreu was released, ah, and yes. Mike Trout okay. took off. And if you're talking about a guy that just looks like he's going to be the Rookie of the Month every month, like you said with Saya, that w- that that's how that was. And do you feel old yet? Mike Trout's been in. in a superstar for 10 years now
0: yeah he's only 30 so I, I don't feel that old i, I wasn't i had dude. no idea where you're going with that by the way i was like what what happened this month like i, I was that <laughs> could have gone not anywhere this month, last month but yeah or yeah in like April. at the end of last month yeah sure um yeah well yeah. know
1: Harper came up too 10 years ago
0: yeah who cares it's it's not my crowd <laughs> uh, exactly yeah well let's let's just keep it going here and let's get into a segment that, uh, I, I don't know. This 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 kind of thing is is my bread and butter right here. Is taking taking the weird and wacky in baseball and just amplifying it to the fullest extent. And you know, A Rod I think is is kind of that same way where he just does not care what people think about his ridiculous it's, it's almost like satire of himself at this point like, I, don't, I don't know if that's how he perceives it or if he's just that insane but he, he could be he could be um hold on i actually need to pull up the tweet to uh, to share with you these uh these a-rod i got it ready commissioner for the to. day oh yeah if, if you have it then why don't why don't you let us know what what a-rod would do if he was given the the ultimate power to do whatever he wanted with the game
1: <laughs> so a rod yesterday on what show was it yes it was yeah, um,
0: sunday sunday night baseball, it was it was, it was the, sunday night baseball so the they put up a whole
1: yep. yeah they put up a whole graphic with um a rod's top what five to-do items if he were commissioner for a day first of all make the strike zone more wide and less tall secondly Illegal defense two and two one foot on the dirt that essentially means um, both there has to be two defenders on either side of second base and they have to start on the dirt so essentially trying to get rid of the shift open up the then he had to open up the cameras for all sixty batting cages kind of odd I we we can get into our thoughts on these in a second but I, I yeah mean, you could
0: you can finish off the list and then okay. Yeah.
1: So, in parentheses under the batting cages, when he says access from your phones, give people more content. Then he had ten pitchers max on the roster, limit the amount of call ups. Yeah, dreams aren't important, and health isn't either. And then I, I believe so. Kay's hand covers the, um, covers the first words in this tweet, but I believe it's mid inning entertainment like the NFL halftime and NBA shows.
0: Mm-hmm. That is that is correct.
1: That's so. That's what Arod would do as commissioner, for for a week. I mean, if he were commissioner for a day.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, not not the worst, not the most A-Rod thing A-Rod's ever done, but uh, I think one of those stands above the rest in terms of just how ridiculous the idea is, and that would be the limiting to ten pitchers on a roster, and limiting yep. call ups in conjunction with that, and basically just yep. forcing the idea would be to force starting pitchers to throw more just like each pitcher in in general to throw more innings in a single season. So,
1: all of these guys are just the back in my day folks of like back in my day my got my pitchers went 8 in, innings um and threw 145 pitches and uh you know, it's it, they just want to see pitchers go longer and granted i do enjoy that that's one of the reasons i am f- s- such a fan of like old school type pitchers like max scherzer but and there's a reason baseball's gone to the point it's gotten with how they view starting pitchers roles in every game and the bullpen's role there's a reason uh we are where we are and it's funny seeing people who have a good platform and a lot of intel intelligent people around them completely disregard that and want to go back to the old
0: days yeah dude like i don't know it is are people kind of like i didn't live back in the day when every starter seemingly was throwing like 300 innings or whatever but the guys who were good and actually you know threw gas and and were the best pitchers in the game and able to do it at that bulk were huge outliers and they are today still like the the best pitchers in the game who combine having the nastiest stuff with the ability to throw like 200 ish innings like that's super impressive there's hardly any pitchers that can do it now and there weren't that many pitchers that could do it back in the day either I mean a lot of these guys if they were running out the starters for you know seven eight innings per start uh, no matter what happened they were not putting up spectacular numbers to go along with it you know maybe a couple strikeouts a game they're, they're whipping the ball in there at like 90 miles an hour they're getting shelled on occasion probably like eras up in the fours and fives is not uncommon like i don't like maybe that's maybe that's his whole whole idea is that like he just wants to see more pitchers go out there and get absolutely shelled but like i don't There's... think the teams want that
1: the graphic itself and i didn't watch the segment did he elaborate on what it means to limit ups? because no, what if- well
0: it's i think that's just to counter counteract the the natural response to okay well i can only have 10 pitchers on my roster at a time uh, well i will just make sure to kind of recycle fresh arms on my roster by calling up more players that's i think that's what he meant i dude it's
1: it's absurd Look at all the look at the injury history.
0: I, I don't I don't I don't get it. it. Yeah, basically, you're 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 telling you're telling everybody that you want pitchers to not throw as hard because it's the only way they would be able to throw as many innings as as players did back decades ago. Or I don't even know what the alternative is. You You just want pitchers to, like, be worse. <laughs> that's yeah, that's it. Um, so, you know, as far as, as far as Arod's ideas go, like, you know, not, not the wisest guy out there, but I, I think we can do a little bit better if we had to, had to implement some, some rules as, uh, the beat the shift, uh, co-commissioner, I guess what, what's, what's would be the term for us, uh, as, as a group, uh, governing body, uh, whatever it may be uh we have we had a few ideas this this really sparked our our creative juices so i i don't know do you do you want to start we, we can kind of take turns with some of these yeah. i think this is the best way to I'll, go here
1: i'll start but i do want to throw a little caveat in there as everyone knows our name is beat the shift so clearly we're not going to end the shift yes
0: um, for yeah that's that's a given
1: yeah, that's that's 100 a given secondly to start off our list and we pulled each each one of us. I know I'm the only one on here with Uwe, but we all talked about it. First off, we're gonna rejuice the baseballs. You want to get more yeah. offense? <laughs> let's let's throw some meatballs up there or some baseballs that will travel twenty feet further. Yeah, why not? That that'd be fun. I'll I'll take a Mike Trout eighty home run season. Why not? That'd be fun,
0: dude. We uh, had the juice balls. Like we had it. It was there, and I we liked it. I think everybody liked it. it, it, We didn't like the fact that the league just, you know, kind of kept it a secret, and players were like, "Dude, what the heck is going on? Like, why did we not get a heads up on this?" Um, I think it was. I I thought it was pretty fun, and now they uh, they kind of deaden the balls again. Uh, Last year and this year is is even more noticeable so far, and people are like, "Dude, what the heck? What's going on? Where are the homers? Where's the offense?" it's that simple just just reduce the balls Throw some sticky stuff on there too uh, a little pre pre-tack on the balls and uh we'll is, happy campers
1: that is one that didn't make this list uh in our top five or top six that i had the idea of is hitters get to choose how much spider attack is on the balls that they get thrown
0: Ooh, so not just you know a little bit of pre-tack but pre-spider tacked balls well, potentially,
1: it, we we heard Chris Bassett talk about how slippery, how bad the baseballs are and why so many guys are getting hit. So if a hitter wants like precise accuracy, but like make it harder, it might it'll also make it harder for him to maybe hit the ball or make it easier for the pitcher to like dot its spot. He might ask for he might want more spider attack if he maybe, wants just, it. Just
0: give him a just give him a jar out there with the the brazen bag just right next to there. You know, let him, yeah. let him do whatever they want.
1: Just I, let the hitter spider tack up spiders tack the ball up and then throw it to the pitcher <laughs> I,
0: I think that's that's a fair it's a fair compromise right like the pitchers can be nasty but uh if if the hitters make contact uh that ball's gonna jump so uh you know and we i i just i just missed the, the offense there man um all right so this one I, I i don't i don't think this one would help offense this one might be kind of counterproductive there but uh let's just you know robo umps human umps it, it's such a tired debate let's just have the catchers call their own balls and strikes guys like come on, we, we can be civil the catchers won't abuse their powers surely uh it, you know it's a it's an honorable yeah, they game. have no
1: relationship to the pitcher or the team that yeah, they're on so it's,
0: it's a game it's, it's a very <laughs> honorable game right and you know say say catchers start to get a little bit over ambitious and, and maybe try to steal some strikes for their pitchers uh in their own right, maybe not within the, the definition of the rules. Uh, I think the the batters and the opposing team should have that equivalent fair, um, you know, right to protest in in a potentially physical manner uh, to, to get that catcher in line, if you know what I mean. Well, it,
1: also, it's not that if one catcher is a bad ump that the other catcher can't also be a bad ump. But it could also end up just being fair of like oh man this guy's blowing calls for my offense because he wants to be nice to his pitcher while well, I'm gonna do the same thing.
0: No, but I think this is uh, well. You, you see, that's a slippery slope. I, I think the the player policing, the on field policing of this honor system is gonna be is gonna be important. So you know if uh if a batter and catcher disagree, then uh, they're gonna have to settle it there on the spot, and you know then you can move on. You know, I think for the most part, it'll, uh, it'll oh, be no. snapped. I, I, I,
1: I wouldn't trust... I mean, I trust players, but I probably wouldn't say we want them to p- police themselves, considering one of them has a bat in their hand. Um,
0: All right, but... so you, you got to drop the bat, and it's just fist <laughs> You got to take the, the catcher's helmet <laughs> off, um, you know, drop the bat, and then, then it's fair game.
1: Yes. My favorite one that we did, though... Actually... This might one is be mine. The favorite. This one is mine. It's, pre- yeah. This this was this was really interesting. This might be my second favorite. Might be my favorite. Position players rotate at positions every out. So. So and so gets an out. First baseman goes to second. Second baseman goes to short. Shortstop goes to third third goes to what left and then well, they go all the way around right fielder goes to catcher you see, catcher you see that's not
0: that's not quite the position number system but you you had the right idea it was close well i was going or i was going around the other way ah uh, okay okay um well you won't, yeah anyway <laughs> uh, i'm just i'm just giving you a hard time uh, yeah volleyball style man just every single out you got to rotate it up you got to be a much more versatile athlete at that point um i i, I think part of this would not include the pitchers I, I you know maybe maybe that would be a little bit much um but you know have a new guy gear up in the in the catcher's gear every single time and, well that's what, what
1: that's that was my concern i feel like it's easier to make someone pitch obviously they won't be good then make them put on the damn catcher's gear every time that's my only concern well so you say that would we could just you're do talking it. about we're talking about shortening games that's going to lengthen games by a couple hours
0: what if everybody just already is wearing catcher's gear though
1: Oh, <laughs> so it the outfielders not, have to. Work.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't waste any time. You just run. You just get right in there, and at uh, least they have It's
1: sh- for when they're trying to run out a five ball, uh, run to a fly ball, and, and catch it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, if if you wanted to to cut that uh, concern out, I, I suppose we could just rotate the the seven position players behind the pitcher there, and uh, have a similar added level of interest. Uh, that one. That one is is a real idea that I think should be considered. And uh, yeah, not, not to say these other ones aren't real, but uh, speaking of let's, let's get into our next one here. Uh, <laughs> this one's
1: completely real. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, so, you know, nobody really cares about garbage time in baseball, right? Like a non, n- not very close game, a non safe situation going into the ninth inning. Um, I think the best way to make it much more exciting would be in any non-save situation in the ninth inning, uh, you have to have a 12-year-old kid pitch to big leaguers. And you know it'll either ev- you know, make the, the margin much closer by, by the end of that, and then you can go ahead and bring in a, a closer. You, you basically get a closer every single game. Or the 12-year-old kid gets out of it against big leaguers, and it's the most hyped thing ever. Because even even in a not close game if, it, if a 12 year old kid pulls it off everybody's gonna be hyped so I, you know there's just no downsides to this that i can think of maybe maybe the tw- i'm wrong the, the
1: only downside is we might have to put like some sort of l screen on there we don't want any lawsuits
0: <laughs> of bodily
1: injury dude they're uh, not
0: they're not toddlers this, the kid's 12 just stick the glove up there you know make make it out in a com- field your position A hundred
1: mile? I I guess like with that with that speed, I mean, with how fast the kid would be throwing, I don't think the hitters can line it back at a hundred.
0: And you know, we we talked about it too, right? It's the honor system. Any any big leaguer out there who's gonna try to take a twelve year old's pitch right back up the middle is I don't know. That's just that's just not. People say you can't. I I think that's not going to be a problem. I think big leaguers know better.
1: People say you can't um, aim your hits, and sometimes I, I would say that's probably true if you're facing someone who throws like ninety-five. But if you're th- if you're a big leaguer and you're the eighth inning guy was throwing ninety-four, and now this guy's th- this twelve-year-old throwing forty-eight, I, th- I think you can at least somewhat, quite ad- adequately, be like, all right, I'm going to go up or right, I, I'm just going to pull this as fo- as well as I can. Maybe it'll go up the middle, but the kids safety's my biggest concern obviously uh, but at the same time i feel like that'd be fun they do have to have and mind you they do have to have a birth certificate that says i am 12 on it yeah has to be quite cl- right. um, instead has of to be uh,
0: instead of checking for sticky substances they can they just check check their birth certificate every, yeah. every time
1: no um, no younger no older
0: do you think they what about permission slips? Like they have, they have to get mom and dad to sign a permission slip. You think
1: I'm sure there's going to be a waiver, a waiver for <laughs> per- permission slip signed. There, there's no yeah. way that, I mean, uh, well, yeah. maybe
0: we'll, we we'll, we'll work out the kinks if we uh, get the opportunity <laughs> to, to implement that one. Um, oh, okay. So, you know, we, we, uh, you know, let's, you go and give us the next one. Take this. Oh one.
1: yeah. so, we had several of them. I, I was just finding one that, for me, would have been interesting to talk about for the last one. Every ball is live, even in the stands. <laughs> Could you imagine playoff game on the road, and so, uh, I don't know, Xander Bogarts hits a ball in into the... So basically this is saying there's no ball that's foul. Xander Bogarts hits a ball into, like, third base side into the stands and all of a sudden you see aaron judge running up the up to the concourse through a bunch of red sox fans trying to get the ball do you think red sox fans would tackle him not let him get the ball and like make the play
0: well you I, see th- this this adds a lot more complexity to the uh the competitive formula here really and it's a much more involved uh game now for the fans where you have to be prepared you got to know who's who's around you you got to plan out different areas of the stadium where you you need that home team advantage you want to have uh you know fans of of your team in the right spots there uh and i think to uh, to amend this because it would be pretty unfair to even even in a mild-mannered crowd to to make your way through the stands up there as a position player yeah your cleats on everything it, it, it could take a little while so i think at the same time fans should be permitted to slow down the the runner to to make the uh to make, uh, make untie shoes yeah no like you just just get out there and be an obstacle right like you gotta you gotta get through fans just the same way that you would have to if you were running through the stands uh, out on the base pads so if you can you can picture that I mean it used to happen back in the day big big exciting walk off hits and stuff fans would storm the field it's kind of the same idea but you just have it on any ball that uh that leaves the field to play so hey man um, I'm I'm a fan of that I think I think it can work um you you did say that was the last one but I I'm Go not ahead. gonna I'm not gonna do Mister Rudy dirty on this one he is not here but he had one of my favorite ones that we had come up with in our brainstorming session. So Rudy, I got you. And this one might be the biggest game changer of any rule changes that we can think of is that all players and coaches, but you know, just, just the entire, the entire team, right. Has to remain celibate for the entirety of the baseball season. And I think we are <laughs> going to see a very different brand of baseball, different kind of, I... different kind of energy. And I'm curious to see where where that leads.
1: I got the math wrong in our group chat yesterday because I wasn't trying to do math. But do you realize how many players would be taking at least a game or two games off in the middle of the season because they have to go um, to the birth of their child? And I know that still happens. But I know also in sports, players try to plan their family around when they have to be at their committed time with their like with their teams. I think it's a hilarious rule by Rudy but I I, I think this is one that would be likely we as commissioner we would face a lot of uh, heat for and I don't I don't know if it would be passed.
0: What if the commissioner's office also had to remain celibate just to make it fair? I
1: don't think the commissioner's <laughs> office would do it then. <laughs>
0: well if we're the commissioners i you know what i'll i'll take i'll take the bullet i'll do it if if the players are on board just to stand in solidarity (laughs) what Um, a team player you know if your only concern is is having the uh i guess the the um intermission of of player children births in the middle of the season just encourage everybody to try to time it up best they can to be around the all-star break so you know, I, I know it's a very, very small window of time. You can't really aim for it in so that, gonna, that sense, but...
1: You're going to make our superstars miss the All-Star game? Yeah. The, the 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 event that captures the best of the best that there is in baseball?
0: They should just extend the All-Star break then. You know, that way, you know, maybe a few people miss it, but then, then that way you just have a nice, nice little break in the middle of the season where all the... I don't know. All, all the family growth can can occur. Uh, <laughs> family growth? <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I, I don't want to be too graphic with things. Um, okay, I, I appreciate know how that. It works. Anyway, no. uh, that was a very important one that I, I, I had to make sure uh, made the cut here. So uh, we had Thank six you. six different uh, rules that we'd introduce if we were a commissioner for today. I I think we did better than Arod. Let Let us know what you, you probably... <laughs> if you're listening, have much better ideas than, than us. We're only four minds. So, uh, we're open to suggestions. We want to be commissioners for the people. So, uh, we will take all ideas into consideration. Uh, tweet us at beat the shift BP. If you have genuine ideas or leave a comment, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, any of that stuff. So yeah. All right. That's all of the, uh, the main segments we have. Let's, let's get into our last, our last thing, which we've, uh, We've done the uh, first couple times this season. Are we, I'm going to stick with sliding by. Uh, and I'll, I, I'll I think it's sliding
1: by. Because it, it makes sense. It, it makes sense. You're just sliding by for a week. Um, so let's get into this weekly edition of sliding by. Alex Uwe joins a team's fan base for a whole week. And not only watching their games and cheering them on. Um, I'm talking diving into their Reddit into their team's Twitter, finding out all the ins and outs that make that fan base what it is. I'm just, this and week, just being Ui, a
0: fan. I'm just a fan, man. Yeah.
1: This this week, Ui might have had a tougher time um, because of the team he was rooting for, but Alex will tell us about his time as a Rockies fan. The Rockies currently sit at 13-9, and a game and a half out of first place in the National League West. Uwe, um, I'm going to give a little spiel here. Last year... They traded Nolan Arenado away and $50 million to the Cardinals. So myself, you, and I'm assuming everyone thought that was a sign that they were heading down a path of tearing it down. This offseason, they spent big money on Chris Bryant. oohie Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Other shows... Um... I'm, I'm really interested in like mood trackers and how fan bases feel. And I know other shows have mood trackers. and I don't want to call it that because shows like Josh Pate's show um, do that. And I don't want to get sued. Mm-hmm. But I, I want to ta- start. Uh, he's college football. Oh. I want to start with the overall mood of the fan base. How does Colorado currently feel about their team and their outlook going forward?
0: OK, so, you know, I've only been a Rockies fan for a week, but y- you get the sense right away, you know, from the outside looking in, especially that this is this is a fan base that is not too too thrilled with the current state of their their franchise, their their ownership. And uh, you, you gave the context and it, it just seems like a, a madhouse. It's not that they're they're not spending money or they don't care about the team. It just it's it's a circus. And I, I think that's that's kind of the the basis for most of the expectation that goes on. It's like, hey, if this somehow works out, awesome. I do not expect this to work at all because what are we doing? Um, you know, Nolan Arenado, very appropriately, was, was the player of the month in April. I'm sure Rockies fans love that. They're actually, like, I didn't see much talk about Nolan Arenado. The team fan base has moved on pretty quick just because like you said they, they've been good so far this year 13 and 9 start to the year and that includes a not so fun to watch four game road sweep in philadelphia where uh they just got you know they just got trounced by the the phillies they they got out hit they made a lot of errors they nothing looked good out there like I don't know what to tell you. It was it was a rough start to uh, to this little exercise, but they turned it around. They got to face the Reds at home, and uh, it went about as well as you'd expect. It's it's the Reds, so uh, <laughs> they they swept that series. A respectable three and four record on the week, um, but even better. Like the rest of the season, it, I I think Rockies fans are very very pleased with the current state of this team. Really? Yeah. Like That's, this is because, like I said, the expectation was, I, I don't know what's going on here, but this is good. The
1: expectation is, is no expectations.
0: Yeah, like if it works, this this could be cool. And it's pretty cool right now. So I had a yeah,
1: I had a friend in middle school, who was a Rockies fan, and throughout that time and throughout high school, all he would talk about was two thousand seven Matt Holiday. So I'm glad that they've gotten over that being their last time they were a contender, but staying on the Bryant topic. And I know I mentioned him in the last, in the last question. So many, many teams in my mind, at least kind of expect their big offseason acquisition to take off straight out the gate. Mm-hmm. Um, one month in and Bryant is hitting 281 with a 681 OPS a negative war he's found himself on the il and maybe worst of all since he plays in colorado zero home runs Mm. is chris bryant ever going to hit a home run in colorado Uh, and is more so is this a cause for concern or just a bad month
0: well the answer is is yes but the the bigger answer is is who cares man like who who even cares? Like Rockies right now, well, the they are, have to their see offense, if they're going to. See- their offense is rolling right now. Like they, you know, Chris Bryant kind of low key went on the injured list. He's just dealing with some back soreness. They they backdated a little bit. They don't miss him at all right now because you know who's who's going to plug in at in in left field for them. Um, I he's really been in the lineup the whole time as the DH. But you got Connor Joe, best leadoff hitter in baseball, and. Absolute fan favorite. Like you're not gonna miss Chris Bryant when you get to see Connor Joe out there every day. And then you also have C.J. Crone, who is just one of the best hitters in the league. Leads the league in home runs, and just crushes the ball every time he's up there. And even you know, like watching the games, he got he he hits the ball hard so much. Like he he could very easily put up Nolan Arenado numbers with how well he's been hitting the ball, um, with a little better luck. So, you know. It's hard to be upset. Randall Gritchick has really started to figure it out, and the offense is putting up a lot of runs for the most part. So Chris Bryant, like, it would be nice if you could wake up and uh, you know if your back could be get better and you start hitting a little bit. But uh, you, you take your time. It's, we'll we'll see we'll see. Uh,
1: it's kind of crazy we'll hearing here. someone say that they're not missing their hundred and eighty million dollar man.
0: No, it's fine. Take your time. Take your time. Really, get right.
1: I mean yeah, I I don't expect Bryant to never hit a home run. I, obviously, I that was a joke. Um and he's had bad months or bad couple months before. So it's not that cause of a that that got that much of a cause for concern for me, but it was something to point out of. The Rockies were 13-9 without Bryant really doing much. So going into that and I personally don't expect it, but I want to see what you think. What is who or what is the biggest key or like X factors to the Rockies being a real contender in the NL West or NL wildcard this year. And if you don't think they're going to be a contender, what is their ceiling?
0: Well, I mean, they're a contender right now. And like I said, the Rockies fan mentality is, Hey, if this works, that's going to be cool because you know, there's some good teams in this division and there were no expectations of the playoffs going into the year. Uh, the keys so far, and probably going forward, have been just the starting rotation not being garbage, which is new. That's a new thing. So, Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, uh, Antonio Senzatella, familiar names. Now you got Austin Gomber and Chad Cool in the back end, too. And they're sporting a respectable 4'10 ERA from their starting pitchers. And they play their home games at court sealed. So, they are doing just fine right now you know they're not striking out a ton of batters they're not going to be flashy about it but by god they're going to get a lot of double play balls and somehow just scrape by and give their offense a chance because their offense is pretty good right now um it could be even better uh i'll i'll use that as my my other x factors is a couple of their big bats who just haven't gotten it going yet but will be necessary for a playoff push and that's Brandon Rodgers and ryan mcmahon two top prospects uh high draft pick top prospects that they've had uh who have been in the big leagues now they're not they're not rookies by any means but they need to uh to really show that the flashes of of uh i don't want to say greatness the the flashes of like major league competence that they've shown in the past really need to come to light here this season because if they do it it's automatically one of the scariest lineups in baseball right now they just got you know wearing the crons on cj crone is just taking it to everybody but they need some help and uh those two guys are gonna be key
1: the yeah man i'm also rooting for bren rogers to come back i need my fantasy team needs that for our playoff push mm. uh i've had three fantasy pro Uh, conversations and for those of you who do know me personally you know how big of a deal that is that for me to actually care about fantasy this year um secondly it i want to stick with pitching this is a team (laughs) that one of the reasons that they've never really been able to get over the hump and be a true true contender has been obviously they can't get pitchers to go to Colorado. And they have to draft or develop a specific type of pitcher. It's not always going to be that guy with the 100-mile-an-hour fastball. It's going to be guys who can get ground balls, throw strikes, um, limit base runners because of where they play. The Rockies are... I mean, is that still going to be... I know that was your X factor. Is that going to be the most likely area for you in case like sorry is that going to be the most <laughs> likely weakness for you if they were to fall short of what they hope to achieve this year
0: yes 100 percent. next question <laughs> uh, the, this is not a pitching staff that should inspire confidence but they're doing they're doing good right now so let's just let's just be happy with that okay i mean i just i just freely
1: searched up uh herman marquez and Kyle Freeland's numbers and they're not looking too hot but Gomber is doing fine so far like you said it, it's just a very inadequate rotation but it's not like you can really get an adequate rotation in Colorado you know yes. other than the rotation I, is, there, <laughs> is there any other area that you think might hurt them like in terms of what they want to achieve
0: no I I, I kind of answered I, I, this is kind of the same question honestly Like I, I answered that and it's yeah, it's it's those guys that I that I mentioned. Uh, they just need to put it together really. Uh, and Charlie Blackman's defense, I guess I could throw out there too. Like he's an atrocious defender, so I guess if uh if they hit too many balls out to right field where they they try to hide him, uh, that could look ugly. But otherwise, yeah, it's if the the pitching actually pulls off this like miracle season of a league average ish four ERA from their starters and, and otherwise, then sure. Let's, let's go with that.
1: Last week, they, we heard about Goodnight moon. We heard about certain specific players. Do you have anything specific or niche to the Rockies fan base or to the Colorado Rockies themselves that you've discovered this past week that you wouldn't have known if you weren't doing this?
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, so last week was actually the 27th birthday of Coors Field one of the the most beautiful ballparks really around you've been there I have been there and you know it it really helped cement my my Rockies fandom I didn't have to fake much because it was an awesome fan experience uh, at that ballpark in Denver so um I'm there for the ballpark happy birthday Coors Field and I'll leave you with one fun fact here which, which just has to be said um so Austin Gomber, we, we talked about him. He, he's having a good year yes. in the rotation. In his 69th career game on, this was a little while ago, April 23rd versus the Tigers, um, Gomber started the day with a career 426 ERA and ended with a 415 ERA. So that you know what that means, right? In his 69th <laughs> career game, uh, when he had recorded nine outs uh, in that game, he recorded 18 in total. But when he had recorded nine outs in that game, he was at an exactly 420 ERA in his 69th, 69th career game. Yep. Nice. There so it is. that's that's all. That's that's all that needs to be said about that.
1: If I were to give you if I were to throw 100 pitches BP to you and you were sitting at the course Field batting practice, I'll even give you an aluminum bat. You think you can go deep?
0: Yeah, dude. I actually really I think so I mean I need I need maybe like a little bit of runway to like you know get back into baseball shape but you know I'm not a big I'm not a big guy either I I don't really hit for power but I have played at high altitude and it's not even as high altitude I've played in like Flagstaff Arizona which is at like 5,000-ish feet elevation the ball just freaking flies man like you you don't know that you know the, the effects of high altitude unless you've experience it in person like seeing it on tv you're just like yeah well that's cores for you like dude it's so different it's crazy i think i could do it if i had so this had to is my message
1: this is my message to the colorado rockies beat the shift wants to come up and have a beat the shift um, home run derby between all four of us you can reach out to us at who <laughs> we
0: that would be at beat the shift bp and I didn't even get interrupted that time, so.
1: No, uh, you didn't. I, I. Do you have anything else to say about the Rockies?
0: Uh, I don't think so. That was that was a fun week, despite the four game sweep in there. And I, I kind of like the Rockies beforehand, anyway. Um, I'm still in the crowns yeah. on Connor Joe, all day long, and. Uh, Heck yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's. I'm gonna about. I'm gonna throw this back to ui R- Royals fans, you're next you're gonna he's heading over to Kauffman Stadium remotely yes and he's already begun his time as a Kansas City Royals fan so keep your eyes peeled for next week's podcast where Alex will tell you all about his time as a Kansas City Royal fan
0: yes let's let's do it I I kind of uh looked up today and didn't even realize that the Royals were playing a makeup game early early morning on the west coast here and uh they they lost 1-0 so good start you're already that. not
1: being a good fan. You didn't no. even know their schedule, man.
0: They're all, yeah, and they I I do know now that they have the lowest strikeout percentage of any starting rotation it's, in baseball. So
1: Save it for next week. I I'm, I'm week.
0: ready to watch a lot of balls and play. So, let's, let's see <laughs> it.
1: Let's do it. Can't wait to hear all about it.
0: Yeah, well, that's going to do it for us today. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. If you did make it this long, uh, consider subscribing to our podcast, wherever you listen to it, just so you know when we uh, release new episodes. We should be back next week, as Farbode already mentioned. So, yeah, I think that's going to do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, one last time. And as always, Farbode. Peace.